Welcome to Make No Bones. I'm Emily Barton-Altman. And I'm Toby Altman. Make No Bones is a podcast about poetry and the creative life. Each episode, we ask a poet to read a poem and talk about it. They tell us how they wrote it and explain how it reflects the broader priorities of their work. This week's episode features Beza Ozer. Um, I'm Beza Ozer. Beza Ozer is a queer trans Muslim writer living in Chicago. Beza's work has appeared in and is forthcoming from The Offing, Pinwheel, Vinyl, Nightblock, Witchcraft Magazine, Shabby Dollhouse, and the anthology Subject to Change, Trans Poetry and Conversation. Beza is the author of Fail Better and I Don't Mean to Redshift. They are Deputy Director of Social Media at Yes Yes Books. Beza works at the Poetry Foundation. They read their poem, I Was Always Too Fat and Scared to Try to Cartwheel, from Fail Better for us, and talked about the complicated intersections between being queer, trans, and Muslim, and how that manifests in their work. I took my first actual poetry class, um, first semester of college, actually, with Josh Young. Um, He taught a beginning poetry class, and... I don't know what really compelled me to take it. I was never really into poetry growing up. I was I was planning on I did study journalism in college as well, but I was planning on like studying news and magazine journalism, um, which is what I did in high school. And then last last like semester of high school, I started getting into poetry, um, and just like writing it down and trying to make sense of ugly things that can be turned beautiful um and i just decided to sign up for a poetry class in college because why not and since then i just have always been thinking about it and thinking about how it shapes my worldview and all of the good that it can do but i also want to be critical of it um and the people who are in poetry and making sure that everything is as inclusive and safe as possible for everyone, which it isn't, unfortunately, but I think that taking that beginning workshop really did a lot for me, and then just, I ended up minoring in poetry as well, so, um, I guess just figuring out how to shape my voice has always been, and this is for everyone, but has always been and always will be something that's always happening. I think I wrote Fail Better at a time in my life, I wrote it about maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, where I had come to terms with um, things like gender identity and sexuality and um, body issues, any, you know, societal issues, Um, but I didn't know exactly what to go from, like, where to go from there, Um, and I think just writing thoughts down really helped um helps like my mindset shape my opinions on how I view the world and I think that writing them down in a way that could be um could show some progression in the way that I am growing as a human being was really helpful just to like get everything set and straight in my mind but I think with all these poems I was thinking mostly about um, my body and what it means to be Muslim and queer, trans in America, and figuring out where all of that intersects and where I can fit in.
I haven't always been comfortable with my, I mean, I obviously grew up practicing Islam and my parents are Muslim, don't practice it as much as like, um, as they, my family in Turkey does, but I have never really identified with it. It's common knowledge that a lot of religions aren't very accepting of like queerness, transness. Um, but I think that recently, maybe in the last three or so years, I've been able to look past that and definitely and like actually see that Islam is not really about that and that people's misconceptions of it are misconceptions. <laughs> um, and I think that that has helped me feel more comfortable with myself and where I find my place in this world and in this country. And I think that the same thing kind of happened with um, coming out as trans, non-binary. I think that I've never been comfortable in my body and a lot of people are never comfortable in their bodies. But I think that after um, coming out and having that freedom to, like freedom of the mind almost, to just be like, oh, this is why I'm not comfortable. Or this is why whenever someone sees me, they automatically assume I'm something that I'm not. And I think that since doing that, since being okay with the fact that people are always probably going to be doing that, um, it's made me more comfortable in my own body. But obviously you're still going to have those days where it's not comfortable at all. Um, or, you know, someone says something that kind of triggers you or ticks you off and you just kind of go back into that bad place. With this specific poem, I think I was thinking about like specifically the body and how the body can, um, even if it's in like ugliness or, you know, whatever feeling you might be having, you can still find love. And um, that's a very important thing to remember just because not everyone, well, most people actually don't have a very um, good relationship with their bodies. Um, and especially finding love through that is a very important thing to remember that you can always no matter how you're feeling with your um, gender identity or sexuality or anything like that, you can be open to love no matter how hard it is. And I think that's really like the main thought that I was um, thinking about while writing this poem and the idea of um, just having a complicated relationship with the past but finding someone who will always accept you for whatever you may have went through or are going through. I have never written poems about the body in this way before and I think that they're important poems to read just because you don't always hear poems like that um, that are either criticizing the body or coming to terms with the body just because it's you're supposed to see it as a shameful thing and it doesn't have to be that way 
it can be a very sad poem <laughs> if you look at it in certain ways, but I think that it's also um, a coming to terms type of poem, like you're coming to terms with um, body issues, mental health issues, um, and I think that there's movement in it. Fail better, I guess what it means to me is that you're well my mindset going into it was thinking that I'm always going to be failing because that's just what human beings do um, but the expectations are always getting higher I think especially for my age group um, expectations are always very high um, especially growing up in a Muslim family ex <laughs> expectations are always very high so I think that trying to understand that I'm always going to be failing at something um, was a realization that I had while writing this book and that that's okay. Um, so that's mostly how I came to it. I think that everyone is always going to be failing, but they can find a way to do that either productively or not ponder over it too much um, just because if you're always doing that you're not going to be able to live your best life or you know get over the fact that you're going through something awful um, which is totally valid and something that a lot of people do go through but you can always find hopefulness in that hopefulness peace and you know look to the opposite side and see that things will get better, um, even if it's not right now. So this is called, I was always too fat and scared to try to cartwheel. We are both ugly pieces of the moon. We can be found stuck under the dirty sheets of a bed or in any diner in America that stays open past 4 a.m. I am tired of being large but decided a long time ago not to do anything about it. Beds that drag me into the dark don't actually drag me into the dark. Dreams in which I wake up in a mental hospital and go about my day like normal are just dreams. Dreams in which normal exists and movement only happens in a cloud shaped like postcard rarely occur. I never want to look like myself. It is hard to be tired and it is tiring to break things into separate parts with fingerless hands. It's not anyone's fault. I don't expect them to understand. I tell the voice in my head, can I give you a name? And the voice says no. This episode of Make No Bones was produced and edited by Toby and Emily Altman in Iowa City. The music for this episode is by Toby Altman. If you like what we do, check out our website, makenobonespodcast.org, for all our episodes. Or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please consider rating us on iTunes. Join us next time for an interview with Sarah Jane Stoner.